The following audio is from Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, where our mission is to follow Christ and His mission of loving people, places, and things to life. For more information about Christ Presbyterian Church, please visit ChristPres.org. Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from John 14, 18-31. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see you me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will, you, know, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. By my Father, and I will, sorry. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Lord will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before, it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know what I love So the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be Christ. Thank you so much, Timmy. Are you serious? I can't believe it. You're going to leave now? We're just now getting traction. It's just now starting to pick up. I had a great job as a fisherman, and you're going to leave us now? Yeah, I I was a tax collector. I was making good money. I gave it up all for you. And you're abandoning us? You're leaving us here alone? This doesn't make sense. This can't be right. This cannot be the best thing to do. You've got to be wrong. That's how the disciples were feeling. That's how I was feeling Friday night. We had a visitation. Kay Price passed away, and uh, my ride home was my wife, Wheat. She was coming from the mall, and after the visitation ended, I was there, and we'd been texting, and I said, I'll just be here, come when you're through. And I get a call from her, and she said, Todd, I'm broken down on the side of the road on Hillsborough. I said, oh, my. (laughs) What are we going to do? I don't have a car. Thankfully, John Wallace was coming to a dance here at the school, so I jumped in, and I zipped over. Thankfully, she wasn't too far down Hillsborough Road. And the car, she had gotten it off almost But I looked at it and I got worried. It's a black 
Volvo S80, 2012, it weighs nine million pounds. <laughs> and I thought, we've got to get it further over. And so I've done it a million times. I said, you get in the driver's seat, I will push. She did, and I did, and I heard a pop. And I thought, dadgummit. <laughs> As a friend of mine in the choir said, the car was broken down, and then so did you. I think I've pulled or somehow I've hurt my Achilles tendon, I think. I'm going to the doctor Monday, um, and we'll find out. Sometimes in this world, we encounter trials and tribulations, hurts and hards. And in this passage today, Jesus says, listen, I always tell the truth. I've told you the truth. You live in a fallen world, and you're a fallen people. And so you get old, and you sin, and you have to deal with sickness and disease and cars that break down. And I was having a little trouble. I was a little frustrated. I was a little mad at God. Now, I need to say this at this point. Honey, I'm so very sorry. Because Weed is not here today because we left her at home. I had to come early. And John Wallace, who helps with our tech on Sundays, had to come early too. And he called on the way in and said, Dad... What's mom going to do? Because she has no car. So I'm sorry, Wheat. But thankfully, we have the live stream. <laughs> Sometimes the little things pile up. They're like paper cuts. And Friday night, I'd had enough of paper cuts. But when I think about it, they're just paper cuts Kay Price passed away. We lost a young father over at CPA, the school that's our largest ministry of the church. I have a friend who is battling cancer, and he didn't get a great report this week. And I thought, Lord, Maybe you're in one of those categories. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a bill. Whatever it is, our passage reminds us that sometimes we are going to feel like orphans. We're going to feel left out. We're going to feel left alone. We're going to feel deserted. But look what Jesus says to the disciples. I will not leave you as orphans. But sometimes it feels like he has left us as orphans. But he didn't. But the world and the flesh and the devil conspire against us. The end of our passage, the devil's real, y'all. And we know he's not every, under every rock, but he's under some rocks. And he hates us, and he seeks to devour us. 
So sometimes it's our sin. Sometimes it's because we live in a fallen world. Sometimes it's because of Satan. We have to deal with hard and hurt. James 1 says, consider it pure joys when we encounter trials. There are going to be trials. John 16, in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Psalm 9, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Romans 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword so no matter what you're facing even though sometimes you may feel like an orphan Jesus says I will not leave you orphaned I had been trying to work with my best friend for years. We'd been trying to get the same job. We'd been trying to get to the same place. We were both in college. And finally, it was going to work out. He was a student at Mississippi State. I was graduating from Ole Miss, and I was going to go work for RUF at Mississippi State. And I couldn't wait because we were going to get to have the summer together and then at least a year while he was finishing his college career. That summer, we cooked out. That summer, we played golf. That summer, we hung out. It was amazing. But that summer, I got a phone call. It was from another one of our friends, and he said, Todd, you've got to get to the hospital. I said, Mark, what, what's wrong? What's the matter? He said, it's Troy, my best friend. Troy's not doing well. He was playing intramurals, and he got dizzy, and he went to uh, rest, and he sat down by the tree, and he passed out. They rushed him to the hospital, and he died. He had a heart defect, and it was not real easily, if possible, to detect. His heart didn't quit growing, and so he was an athlete. He worked out. He he. Uh, ran he was he did everything and it just kept growing and growing and growing and it exploded I got to the emergency room and he was gone and we called his parents they were rushing up to see us and I was just sitting outside the emergency room alone by myself heartbroken devastated I felt forsaken I was unnerved and then it happened I remembered my first theology lesson it came to mind I always can remember the first stanza but I never can remember the rest of them you remember your first theology lesson Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong they are weak, but he is strong. See, I can always remember that one. But I never remember these. Listen. Jesus loves me still today, walking with me on my way, wanting as a friend to give light and love to all who live. 
Jesus loves me, he who died. Heaven's gates to open wide. He will wash away my sin. Let his little child come in. Jesus loves me. He will stay close beside me all the way. Thou hast bled and died for me. I will henceforth live for thee. And I was comforted. And I don't know how I remembered that. Actually, I do. See, Jesus says in our passage, not only do we have to deal with the hurt and the hard, that's a reality, and we're not going to escape it. You see, we struggle because we fall into the belief, we fall into the lie that there's going to be Camelot here, that there's going to be utopia here, that it's possible to have Shangri-La. And yet, what does the Bible say? No, not here. Not until he comes again and makes everything right. Not until we are in heaven. It's impossible because we're fallen and we live in a fallen world. But he promises to walk with us. He promises never to leave or forsake us. In our passage, he said something even better, even greater. Did you see it? Look at verse 21. Look at verse 23. Look at verse 26. Jesus says he will send a helper, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the three persons of the Godhead, the Trinity. He is a personal being, not an impersonal force. He is God with us, God in us. And that's why Jesus said, it's going to be better that I leave. Are you crazy, Jesus? How can that be better? Have you ever been in a situation when you're experiencing the heart and you go, if I could just hug him, if I could just see him, if I could just feel him? He said, no, it's going to be better because I'm going to send my spirit who will live and rule and reign in you. I don't have a great memory, and it's getting worse. (laughs) But I know how I remembered Every one of those stanzas. Because God lives in me. Because Jesus left and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. After living a perfect life and dying a criminal's death on my behalf. On all who give their lives to Christ's behalf. And after doing that, he rose from the dead. And ascended into heaven and sent the Comforter, sent the Holy Spirit to live and rule and reign in the hearts and the minds and the lives of his people. The Holy Spirit who brings about conviction and regeneration and transformation. He's the principal agent that teaches us and reminds us, our passage says, of the truths of the scriptures. He's the one who reminded me on that day when I thought I was alone, when I thought he had forsaken me, when I thought my world was coming to an end. He reminded me. I know it feels that way. But it's not true. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. 
Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. The Holy Spirit comes in us. You see, the consequences of Jesus' death and his burial and his resurrection and ascension where he sits at God's right hand is the Holy Spirit is poured out on his people, on the church, so that we don't have to believe, so that we don't have to live in sole bootstrapsia. (laughs) You ever try that philosophy, that theology? I tell people I'm a recovering Pharisee. We can't be good enough. I can't hold on to God long enough. Neither can you. But he will never let go of you. He will never let go of me. He will never let go of his church. And we have the Holy Spirit in us to teach us, to tell us, to remind us. Did you see it? In our passage, he literally says, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit is here. Look at our passage, verses 21. He lives in us. Verse 23, he manifests in us. He makes our home with him who loves us. And then verse 26, the Holy Spirit teaches us, not new revelation, but the truths of the scriptures of the Old and New Testament. And verse 26, he reminds us. Maybe you're like me and you don't have a great memory. And it's getting worse. But we have the Holy Spirit. And he never forgets. I like to say when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, you remember what Jesus said to the disciples on that first uh, supper? Do this in remembrance of me. Well, he's God. He never forgets. But I do. And so he gives us this table. Because he doesn't want us to forget that he loves us. And he doesn't want us to forget that he died for us, that he lived a perfect life because we can't, and he died a criminal's death. So our sin is paid for. We are redeemed. But on a Friday night, when you're pushing an 8 million pound car over to the side of the road, and you hear a pop, and you go, oh, my. (laughs) It's hard to remember When you get that diagnosis, when you're standing at a graveside, when you're sitting outside the emergency room, it's hard to remember, isn't it? But God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. When hard hits, call on the Holy Spirit because you're not going to be able to tighten your belt tight enough. You're not going to be able to fight through enough in your own strength. Call on the Holy Spirit who is God in you and ask him to teach you. 
to tell you the truth of the scriptures. Some truth and teaching that you may not know. Again, the same person that told me said, your car broke down and so did you. We're going through a Bible reading program. We're doing the Bible chronologically. And he said, man, I read a story I've read a million times and I learned something new. God's word is his gift to us, his love letter to us. And the Holy Spirit in us illuminates us. It illuminates the truths of it so that it can deal with the things we're dealing with in our lives daily. Get to his word. Let him teach you. Let him train you. Let him rebuke you. Let him mold you and make you through his word. It's the truth. We can trust it. We must trust it. But thank you, Jesus. It's not dependent on our ability and our strength because the Holy Spirit enables us. Call on him. Pray to him to teach you and train you. But also call on him to help you remember what you already know when you need it. So I got to tell you, I, I wasn't enjoying Friday night. But you see, I've been putting it off. Our van broke down over Christmas. It's sitting in a parking spot in our neighborhood parking. We had these, we have two cars, and so the second one broke down. We were trying to hang on because maybe you're like me, and big purchases scare me to death. They paralyze me, and I live in fear. Maybe it's not purchases. Maybe it's other things. Do you live in fear? Do you struggle? I do. And yet I've learned something in this. And I don't want to give it back. It's changed me. Because here's the thing. It, I've been reminded. We've had car trouble before. And God has provided cars. God has provided comfort. God has provided whatever we needed. But most of all, he's provided what I most need in Christ. So you see, we live in a world where we're going to have to deal with hurt. We live in a world, though, that he's dealt with our hurt by giving us the Holy Spirit to walk with us in those places and shepherd us through those places and those times and those things. But then, oh my goodness, did you see that last thing? Look at verses 18. In verses 27 and verses 30, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. He's made us his children. He's made us sons and daughters of the king because he's justified us. It's just as if we've never sinned. If you or I, as sinful as we are, give our hearts, give our lives to Christ, then it's just as if we've never sinned. I told you Kay Price passed away. We did her funeral. I was here for the visitation when the car died. 
The funeral was amazing. One of her grandsons got up and said, y'all, I got to tell you, got to confess, I'm having a hard time not being happy. He said, I didn't think I'd feel like that. I thought it'd be more sad, and I'm not sure how to deal with that. They said, I I know Nana, that's what they called her, is so happy, and that makes me happy, and I'm so happy for her. You see, that's what happens to simple human beings when they trust in Christ and are justified by the work of Christ. Yeah, I Packer said justification brings with it the status of sonship by adoption, permanent intimacy with God as one's heavenly father. See, justification is a fancy word. But did you hear that? Do you know what it leads to? Adoption. In Christ, you're the son of God. In Christ, you're the daughter of the king, the one true God, the living God. The doctrine of adoption is here and now believers can rest in God's fatherly care. Does he care about cars on the side of the road? Yes. Does he care about cancer? Does he care about dementia, Alzheimer's? Does he care about a hard job? Does he care about a hard relationship? Does he care about your marriage and the bills you have to pay? Yes. He is your heavenly father. And he loves you and he loves me so much that he gave his prized possession. I have children. I don't know that I could do that. He did do that. And for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. We can have peace in this broken world when we know that we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We sang it. Did you hear it? He makes graves into gardens. Galatians 3.26 For you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. We sang this too. My sin was great, but his love was greater. We're pilgrims and strangers on this earth, but we are not orphans. When I was studying for this, I read that there was a law in Rome during that time that natural parents could get rid of their children But you know, if you adopted a child, you could not 
get rid of your children. And God doesn't want to get rid of his children. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. And he loves us so much that he sent his son to die that we might have peace with him. The Baldwins, Troy's parents, got there and they came rushing up. They loved Jesus and they had loved Jesus for a long time. They'd already been crying terribly. They knew it wasn't good. And then they heard that he had passed. And they cried even more. But over the next weeks, Troy was a Kappa Sig at Mississippi State. He was very involved in a lot of different communities and things. They came up with a scholarship in his name to help accounting students because he was very involved in that regard. And I watched them with power and beauty and love overcome the loss of their son. Oh, they'll never fill that hole. And they cried and cried and cried. But they shared and shared and shared the hope that is theirs in Christ. After that, instead of going to law school, I ended up going to seminary because through doing RUF, I decided if I didn't go to seminary, I'd be so sad. And so I did. And after that, four years of seminary, I got my first job in Clarksdale, Mississippi. And after being there for a while, there was a little church close by in Marks, Mississippi, that only had one guy that was, he took care of everything. He was the senior pastor and he did everything. And he had not been on a vacation for 10 years. We heard about that. The senior pastor at Clarksdale had heard about that. And he said, Todd, will you take this Sunday off and go preach in Marks, Mississippi so Reverend Jones can take a vacation? I said, man, I'd love to. I went and I preached and I used this illustration about Troy, about how he passed away, how his parents lived out the gospel in that horrible place. And I finished and, you know, in those small towns, I, every single person from the church came up and said, thank you. And I noticed in the back, though, the whole time there was a tall man just standing. And I could tell he was waiting. After everybody cleared up, he came up. He came up. He said, I can't believe you talked about Troy. And I said, oh, wow, did you know him? And he said, oh, yeah, I was a Kappa Sig. And he said, I was a hellion. I was a partier. And I always noticed him. He was different. He was always different. He was one of us, but he, he was so loving. He was so caring. He just was different. But I didn't want any about any of that business. And I thought this Jesus stuff was silly. And I thought he was religious and all that. And then my life came crashing down and I was at rock bottom and I remembered the bald ones and I remembered in the midst of that the peace they had 
the hope they had. And I remembered they said it was because of Jesus. And I came here and I talked to Pastor Jones and I said, help me. And I gave my life to Christ. And I've never been the same. And I'm so thankful for Troy, for his death, and for the bald ones. See, the last thing our passage says, if you look at verse 31, it said, let us go from here. See, when we know we have the answer to the hard, when we know that God himself lives in us, when we know that we are sons and daughters adopted, then he says, go. Jesus left and he was crucified. And the disciples were discombobulated, but then he met them where they were. And they burst out of the room they were in. And they changed the world. They weren't afraid anymore. And they took the gospel. And here we are, the church of Christ. Would you pray with me? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Jesus loves me still today, walking with me on my way, wanting as a friend to give light and love to all who live. Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gates to open wide. He will wash away my sin, let his little child come in. Jesus loves me, he will stay close beside me all the way. Thou hast bled and died for me, I will henceforth live for thee. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Amen.